0: Welcome back to Ecommerce on Tap, brought to you by Sourcify. I'm your host Nathan Resnick, and today we're joined by Damian from Active Campaign. Damian, thanks for joining us. How you doing?
1: Hey, Nathan. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'm really excited to have you on because I know Active Campaign powers about ten thousand different brands from an email and retention standpoint, and so give us just the short summary what is going on in the email marketing world i mean are open rates going up are bounce rates going up what's happening you know with your lens of 10,000 different businesses that that use active campaign
1: yeah so i th- i think one thing that comes to mind immediately is just the concept of like automation and and just having control over that first party data and that shopper profile and understanding absolutely every shopper at scale and being able to personalize and that goes like so beyond like just email, right? You can like basically once you have that under control and you're able to fine tune that for your brand as a merchant, the optionality that you have, it's like email, SMS, push notifications, like ads, you can take that at a pretty wide scale, right? So I, I think what we're seeing is like a lot of merchants like really focusing on like just owning that data. How do I create that database that I own as a merchant? Like how many data points can I have? How many interactions can I measure? And then how do I create like a truly unique customer experience for my brand? Mm-hmm. And how do I fit on automation as a part of that, right? As something that's not going to allow me to save time, but also operate at a different scale and, right. and also like personalize the key moments that a human being can just probably not do manually, right? So right. seeing a lot of focus on profitability, just and data enrichment, just owning your shoppers, right? Versus mm-hmm. like just selling on Amazon, you, you don't even get the email address there. You have yep. no control. That repeat business that needs to happen for you to be able to make sense of the higher cap that you're paying right now. Totally. So got like a ton of focus there.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think when a lot of people hear uniqueness in today's world, they think AI. And so I've got to ask, I mean, Is AI having an effect in active campaigns, you know, retention and ability to personalize? I mean, I think already with integrations to Shopify and different commerce stacks, you could already make your emails relatively personalized. But is there anything that you've seen that you've integrated AI into that has enabled, you know, uniqueness to kind of stand out even more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's like a couple of different areas. The first one is more around how we're enabling companies that work within the platform the typical one for that is like just content generation and, and going as say marketer right going from being a creator like from scratch to all the way to publishing to being like an editor right so we have different tools within the platform that allow you to just generate content whether that's an email an sms or a one-to-one email follow-up that allow you to get that to like 80%, right? So you're just coming in, right? Just, just tweaking, like making sure that, that, that it, it's saying what, what you need to say. And then, and then just kind of like moving on into, into other important things. So that whole aspect is like very interesting and we're starting to see traction, but one of the areas we're investing and in seeing like a lot of promises and kind of like personalizing our Product and our platform for the different businesses that we serve, right? And for the different roles that people come in uh, into active campaigns. So even within e commerce, you can be operating a direct to consumer business, drop shipping, pure like or typical retail, right? Offline, it could be B2B wholesale business, right? And so, how do we know you as you're coming in with? a minimal amount of information that you give us during onboarding and how do we personalize the experience for you so you can get up and running very quickly we help you set up like automation triggers personalized content like emails and caller schemes and all that like right off the bat so your time to value we're looking for that to be like minutes instead of like days right so right so we can make it a no-brainer once you start making revenue with the product like you're obviously more inclined to just stick around and go even deeper. So those are like a couple of interesting areas that we're investing on right now.
0: From a bird's eye view, I mean, when it comes to email and email being a significant revenue driver of e-commerce brands, what kind of percentage do you think most brands should ballpark where, hey, 30% of my revenue should be coming from email or 30% should be coming from email and 15% should be coming from SMS? I mean, what kind of... Standard ballparks do you see most merchants having when it comes to using email or SMS to drive revenue? I mean, I think that's probably shifted quite a bit over the past year, just given that you know the cost of acquiring a customer on you know Facebook and in the macroeconomic changes that we've seen have shifted quite a bit, where I would assume a lot of merchants are more reliant on email and SMS compared to you know maybe the kind of, 2020, 2021 kind of covert e-commerce boom
1: yeah so at a high level that's between like 30 and 40 percent i will say but that's pure profit right once you have someone on the pipeline you're able to nurture them like that or once they made a purchase you're able to like cross sell them onto something else within your your product line so the roi on that is like super super high what i've been seeing is just again in the context of like automation and that being like channel agnostic like customers becoming like really sophisticated and Kind of like understanding com preference right like for each individual person like you might be an email person you might be an sms person you might want someone to like talk on the phone with you so just the ability to drive that like one-to-one personalization at scale i think it's really paying off and like really important moving forward sms is a channel and in parts of the world where that's like maybe not as heavily regulated as in europe for example i have a a business that i sit on the board and they're just killing it with like sms and like whatsapp right that's super popular and so they use it as a means of like communicating where your order is at but then they start marketing right after the sale and the conversion rate is just like crazy right so i think that multi-channel strategy for anything that has to do with retention marketing or even pushing people down the funnel more efficiently. And how do you make sense of all that? How do you make sense of of each person by leveraging that first party data that is your SA merchant and and enriching those profiles, just triggering off like different automation flows or those ideal customer experiences at scale. That's really where it's at right now. I'm like, the reason why I joined Active Campaign, I was really interested in coming from being an operator. Uh, I, I really want to go into one of these companies that are the enablers of that, right? That commerce enabling infrastructure that of companies that allow you to grow and, and, and be more efficient and, and really, you know, Shopify, right? Like two and a half million merchants. I think only 15% of them ever break the $100,000 in, in profit. So it's just a lot of small brands struggling to make this into something that's a higher scale. So right. I think companies like this that that really go into your operational idea are like extremely valuable.
0: What, what do you think separates those brands that reach that 100 k or million or $10 million mark? I mean, is it really around branding? Is it around their ad spend is it around their email i mean obviously there's so many different levers that you can pull in e-commerce but i'm curious from your perspective at active campaign you know you obviously work with some smaller merchants as well as some much larger ones what is really separating the the two different sizes i'm just curious from your lens you know what what separates in your mind from a, a small brand to a large brand
1: Yeah, there there are two things. The first one is a bit more philosophical, right? I I think there are a good number of folks out there that they just set up something online. They have like a good idea or they have like a good product to source and maybe they tried that on social and it started resonating. So they opened up their like whatever, this, this small store and they started selling there and they're using that as a means of supplemental income. So they are perfectly fine with getting that 50 100k a year because that's not their full-time job it's just like a nice extra income that they're getting and they're happy with that and no reason for that not to be the case right but then you have the others that maybe start like that or start like an fba listing on amazon and they're like hey I have something going on here i'm gonna go ahead and focus here and expand so i think the first one is kind of like intent to make this into something that that's bigger. And there's a good chunk of people that that's not part of their priority. And then the second is like sophistication, right? Going from, yeah, I know email is important and I know I need to have like abandoned cart automation because that's just like money sitting right there to those marketers that come in. And and again, you see some of the automations that that we have here and they have like 50 different if-else steps or they're leveraging data in a way that you're like, wow, like sometimes I even get surprised, like the creativity with the use of the product, right. And like leveraging data or adding a custom and how they're just driving that really deep personalization. So. I think once you get to that range and you're like, Hey, like I'm making 50, kii hundred K I, I want to take this to the next step, either you, or you bring someone that knows about marketing and just has that expertise, that ability to go deeper, like that, that ability to tinker with different campaigns and to take maybe more of an experimental approach to understand really what works for you and your customer base. Right. So. I think those are two things that that come to mind. Usually when I see an account that's super successful in terms of like attributed revenue, which is the revenue that we as active campaign generate for a merchant, once you start talking to those customers or like taking a look at how they use the product, like I do see a very deep usage of the features, the data, very creative and sophisticated.
0: Makes sense. I think too, there's a lever that some brands don't want to pull in terms of growing too much can debtor profitability and so some brands or some founders that really want to stick to maintaining a 40 percent or 30 percent net profit margin they might not grow as fast or they might not be willing to invest in as much growth because they want to focus on their bottom line which i think for a lot of businesses makes a ton of sense right you don't always have to shoot for the moon but i think especially in the e-commerce landscape where you have over the past five years you have a lot of brands that have raised a ton of venture capital dollars and i know that you've invested in a few brands yourself and of the brands that have raised you know vc dollars i mean you look at Allbirds or some of these other brands like casper or purple mattresses you know a lot of times now the dollar amount that they've raised is higher than what they're actually worth which is crazy to see, but obviously the market has shifted quite a bit. And so, you know, one question that I'm really curious from your perspective, you know, putting on your investor lens is does venture capital make sense for e-commerce brands? And when in general, do you think is a right time for a brand to raise money?
1: Yeah, I think we're in a period of time right now where like e-commerce in general, may- maybe not like, again, commerce enablement software, that, that's pretty, pretty successful still, but like mo- more specifically D C it's at a tough spot right now. I think for, I'm going to use some examples from myself. Like, I think if you have a play where you can go into maybe like a market that it, it's not as competitive still, I invested in a brand called Kim and Kimmy, it's like baby essentials selling in the Middle East so focusing the UAE and, and Saudi Arabia and when you look at what's going on there they're not up to par with the user experience or shopper experience that you and I are used to here in the US so there we felt like there was like a big opportunity for us to come in with a really strong product but also like very very strong customer experience like from the website all the way to delivering within 24 hours so the customers there were like, that was not part of their expectation, right? So one of the reasons why that has worked so well is because we went into a market where there was like open space, right? Now, you try doing that with Baby Essentials in the U.S. And you may have like a good lifestyle business going on, but not a business that that probably fits the VC model. Another one, and actually the same company that's really interesting is that there is kind of like a tech component like around scalability like they have like a distributor model that's kind of like ai powered where they can just like engage distributors like in different countries around the world and the central aspect of what makes a brand successful like the marketing assets the campaigns the website itself like that's all kind of personalized so they have this distributor model right that's ai enabled and where the kind of like the central pieces of what are making the brand successful in those local markets like the the marketing assets, the campaigns, the automation of the experience, the demand planning, right? All of that can be like automated and just scaled pretty amazingly with AI. So I think there are like businesses that still have like an opportunity. I don't think there's appetite right now in the VC world to invest, but you don't necessarily have to go to a VC. Like if you have strong business fundamentals, right? And Something like your LTV or a CAC is showing like something close to 3X, right? Which means you should be investing more because you're losing an opportunity. I, I think there is capital out there, whether that's from like just straight up debt from banks that if you have your financials and and fully understand them, you, you can make sense of that. And it's an option that I, I think should be considered if you're looking to take that brand to the next level. There's Makes also... Sense. Just private capital, like some people that are investing. So I I think uh, like pure VC investments, we're going to see that lag for quite some time. We may see activity like with angels or in in certain geographies, but I I don't see us going back to like two to three years. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, thanks for that overview and really appreciate you coming on e-commerce on tap. As we wrap up here, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about Active Campaign, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Damian Amaya10. That's my handle on LinkedIn. If you want to email me at ActiveCampaign, DMIA at ActiveCampaign.com. Always happy to chat with anyone in the e-com world. If you're a merchant like facing some of these challenges, just, yeah, please give me a shout. I'm happy to connect. And thanks for having me. Really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening in to this episode of E-commerce on Tap.